This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello, Euphorians. I'm your host, Paige Blazer, and you're listening to That's So Euphoric. I'm the ultimate superfan of the most beautiful fucking show to ever exist on the planet, Euphoria. Euphoria is a fantastical look at teenage love, addiction, and identity set in a neon-soaked suburban dream world. It's one thing to watch a show and truly fangirl over it, but most would say I've absolutely taken it to the next level. After watching the series more than 10 times, you could say I'm an expert in all things Euphoria. In this weekly podcast, we will be deep diving into each episode, providing you with the hottest spiked tea. Main ingredients will include sketchy drugs, a lot of high school dick, creepy motel dad sex, excessive drooling, and glam that will make your jaw drop. As we all know, Euphoria gets down and dirty, and we're here to give you all the tea episode by episode. I'm here with my co-host, Alex, who also happens to be my dumb stoner boyfriend. Just kidding. But actually, he's fucking smart and is here to boil the tea with his criticism, weird facts, and snarky, unpopular opinions. It is crucial that we recap season one, as season two is literally right around the corner. There is no time to waste. Let's jump right in and let's get euphoric. Hello, Euphorians. I'm your host, Paige Blazer, and I am here with my boyfriend of 10 years, Alex Miller. What's up, Alex? What it is, girl? Oh, it's... it's. I would say it's good, but it's fucking crazy right now. We up here and coronavirus is rampant. We are <laughs> self-quarantined in our apartment, but... It's corona I, time. Yeah, it's not only is it corona time, we have goblets of wine in front of us Mm. we have euphoria on the tv and Mm. we're making a podcast about the best show that's ever existed so i mean honestly is self-quarantine that bad i'd have to say no (laughs) i'd have to say absolutely not so anyway here we are alex and i actually recently moved to new york in october so we haven't been here too long but so far the experience has been quite wonderful especially with coronavirus going on it's been just absolutely life-changing don't you just love corona and the big apple i really love nothing more than corona and the big apple beautiful time so here we are we're just you know we're gonna embrace our inner creativity i mean we've just got so much to say so many opinions oh we got opinions (laughs) yes alex and i are probably the most opinion opinionated i can't even speak i think it's the virus kicking in opinionated people you will ever meet so truthfully we are just here really to die dissect euphoria give you the tea gossip talk shit you know just 
all the all the fun shit. I mean, do you have anything else to add to that about us? No. I feel like as we go, people will learn our personalities. Oh, yeah. They'll but the only intro, the only other thing I will say about us is I, you know, I'm obsessed with Euphoria. It's literally a religion for me. I absolutely, I just love it. I've seen it about nine to seven to nine times. Who knows? Who's counting? Who cares? But like, it's absolutely my favorite. Um, Alex, I, I feel like you've seen it about i don't know how i many think times i've seen it say? like a total of like three times altogether now ish i feel like it's definitely more than that Somewhere but we're in that realm i feel like he's just you know trying to play it cool like oh three times like one complete yeah, watch maybe like and two like patchy ones yeah that's true maybe alex usually like rolls six. in high like <laughs> he'll literally be like smoking in the kitchen and then we'll come in and i'm watching it for like my sixth time so i feel like you come you you come into it a little bit every now and then but you've definitely watched it probably like twice or three times fully through yeah anyways i just wanted to kind of give that background because we are absolutely experts on this show so I think we should just, you know, it's time to get euphoric and just fucking dive in. Grab those sc- scuba masks and deep dive <laughs> into this content. So let us begin. I mean, let's just break down the episode. We start out with some really crazy shit. I mean, speaking of coronavirus, we literally start out with world crazy events. Yeah. Speaking of Corona euphoria jumps us straight in there with uh 9-11 with 9-11 which is like probably the the most applicable modern comparison to uh to today to corona to literally what we're living through i mean yeah. i feel like i can really relate to the show but yeah we start out essentially with like rue in the womb she's being born out her mother's vagina it's actually Ugh. really graphic it's like very gory. <laughs> it's really graphic but we love we love it we're here for it like honestly uh, like, speak for yourself on that one <laughs> i am not here for the the gore birth no, no 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 we are here for it women are strong her mother's pushing her out so she's out so the whole, you know, first segment of Euphoria really just breaks down what's happening in the world. It's kind of setting you up, setting the tone for the show, essentially. Like, I would say in my own words, it's showing, like, the chaos of what we're about to get into. Yeah, I mean, we got, like, seconds out of the womb. We find out she's been born, like, a couple days after 9-11 or whatever. Like, Yeah, depressing. What is- what is the bearing of 9-11 like on the story, you know? like Well, it's like they were saying we... her parents couldn't even enjoy her being born because they're essentially like watching on TV the yeah. rerun of the towers falling down. I mean, I mean it's that's dark, awful. but like, do we do we think this is like foreshadowing anything in the story? Like, are I her and say. Jules like the yeah. Twin Towers that are going to crash and burn? I think it's more a just little, that, uh, I think it's playing there. into Rue's like multiple personality issues and her mental health in a way it's kind of like saying you know from the beginning it was chaotic so they pretty much essentially are introducing us to rue's character which zendaya plays she's an absolute queen i mean i i can't even start to talk about her right now or this podcast will go into like two hour mode but we are introduced to her character it's pretty crazy her parents are like essentially learning that she's bipolar is that the diagnosis that i i I should know. I've well, watched it nine like, times. Sadly, I don't pay attention. I'm, I'm paying attention to, like, the clothing, the makeup, and, like, the funny shit. I'm not really, like, caring about her mental health. I know that's so awful. I don't really care what anybody says. Like, so what? I think she's definitely obsessive-compulsive, and I think also bipolar. Yeah, a lot um, of anxiety. A lot of anxiety. But, yeah. Um, so. And then as she's she's growing older, we're kind of getting this, like, 
primer on the context she's born into which is just kind of this era of like very common depravity like she's in like middle depravity. school and she's getting texts <laughs> saying like i'm a rape you cunt i can't believe that yeah they They're zoom like, in on her phone and she gets that text like yeah she's probably like 12 at the time or something when i was 12 i think i got my first cell phone which you i wasn't even allowed to text off of so to get a text that says i'll i'm a rape you like that's Sorry, that's way too much. Yeah. And but, then we're but like, it's happening today. So that's weird for us, though, because we're older. So that to me is just absolutely like I, I shake to my core thinking that my child could get a text that says, I'm a rape you. And that's casual. It's, yeah, they just uh, they do a good job capturing how casual this type of stuff is. And then like, you know, later she's at school with the lockdown drill and there's oh somebody God, showing her a BJ Wait, video. I have to pause. Home. I don't care if it's, it's side like, note, like lockdowns. It's so sad that when I was a kid, I fucking thought lockdowns were so fun. Did you not? Like, I thought it was, like, scary. Like, they're like, imagine, like, a killer with a gun walking through the halls, and then you had to flip the tables over. Like, it was fun. it was like a joke. Now it's, like, fucking terrifying, and you're like, this could really happen any day. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure kids still joke about it, because everyone has a dark fucking sense of humor, but it's also much more likely that that shit's actually gonna, like, happen. Totally. These days. But you know what I'm saying? I just, I had to do a little, like, throwback for people that are our age, because honestly kids these days like they actually have to be scared of that i was never scared i was like eating my lunchable behind the table like cracking the fuck up yeah but anyways we, uh, yeah exactly so yeah we gotta we you're right we get this like in, not only an introduction into ru's mental you know illnesses but we also see the environments that she's being brought up in and they're fucking treacherous <laughs> they're awful <laughs> but I mean, it's also just kind of like the modern condition yeah. for like they don't exaggerate it. this is just very like kind of how it is like yeah. it's like very casual um sadly it's not exaggerated we you and i always say that euphoria literally is not exaggerated like this is the real deal yeah i mean some i think some aspects of it are exaggerated but this all is very like accurate none of this like feels exaggerated yeah um so i mean i don't know on from that what happens next i mean i feel like once we get introduced to all of that i think the only other noteworthy part like of this intro segment is that we find out that rue's name is spelled r-u-e and like i feel stupid for this but i always assumed her name was r-o-o like a kangaroo um and r-u-e is the word rue which is a word that just literally means regret so how fucking dark that she's born like two days after 9-11 and her mom is like i'm gonna name name this baby regret like Jesus. I mean, that is a very Alex way of looking at this because you're like dark as shit. I mean, I, I here I am thinking, oh, like Rue, like baby Rue, like the little kangaroo. And yeah, if you spelled it the other yeah. way, but instead yeah. they spelled it the way that means regret. Yeah, so but you also basically. R-O-O, like what a. Uh-uh, you sorry like, to re- anyone. You named that has your that child name. like regret, like, yeah. which is a fucking burden for them to bear because it makes you feel unwanted. Like, totally. your mom was like, I regret having you. So I'm literally <laughs> branding you with the name regret. <laughs> Like, Jesus. Alex has spoken. Aggressive. That's a good note to make, though. But anyway, so moving on. uh, We get our little, like, Beyonce song, and then we get the title card, and, like, there you go. Credits roll in. It's like, boom, Euphoria and Lemonade hits the vinyl player, and I'm here for it. I I mean, anytime you hear Beyonce's voice, you're like, this is going to be a good time. So she's she's playing. You, You get the summer vibes. It's very clear that we're going to, I don't know, to me it feels like summer in this scene. It's very much like we're going to see Rue 
essentially, which is weird because I think it's when she's about to start school. So it's like summer well, leading no, into she's school. Get, it's, we're talking about when she's getting. Are you talking about when she gets out the opening of credits. rehab? Yeah, that's summer. Cause so remember, right after the opening credits is her getting out of rehab. Totally. But I'm saying she's getting out of rehab and going to school because she had went to rehab for the summer. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, that would, what a shitty way to spend your summer in rehab. <laughs> right. But also, I mean, depending on the rehab, if you're staying at like fucking Malibu Crossings, like you might be having a great summer. I don't think Rue she was, was at like Malibu in Oakland. Crossings. So she was like eating rice pudding and having to go to like Bible study. I don't know. I don't actually, that's really stupid of me to say. I don't know what happens in rehab. I mean, I should probably be there. I drink more than anyone I know, but I mean, I think it depends on the rehab. But like, yeah, Rue gets out of rehab. We get some. Uh, we get the scene that I'm very passionate about because it's obviously the end of summer at this scene, and I feel like they did a perfect job capturing the lighting conditions at the end of summer because, like, the end of summer does not look like the beginning of summer, like, especially in California. September and June don't look the same. Like, no. that lighting is so different, and they do a great job capturing that it's like late summer so shout out like alex loves pointing out like the real technical shit which no i'm not making fun of you i'm literally like no this is like i'm woke for this i like it but yeah that is interesting that's something i would never catch so yeah i mean i'm glad that you were really uh, like jizzing in your pants at the lighting lighting of the show they did a good job (laughs) yeah no for sure so opening credits happen we're introduced to her getting back from rehab and essentially like she goes straight from rehab to buying drugs right well first she sees uh jewels for the first time oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm so sorry i missed like literally the best part in the show uh okay i'll 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 set the tone picture this (laughs) rue in the car with her mother and her i almost said her daughter it's her sister (laughs) they're in the car together and we see jewels for the first time She's riding her bike. She's looking like Sailor Moon. It's like hazy. She looks so beautiful. Anyway, she rides her bike right by the car and her and Zendaya. Oh, sorry. Rue. Whatever. I'm going to intermix the names all the time. They they essentially make eye contact. I personally, Alex knows this, like I shed one tear when I watched this because it's the first time you see Rue and Jules essentially like cross paths in terms of just seeing each other. That's it. No real interaction, but... It's kind of like curiosity. Like, you can kind of tell they're both like, hmm. Well, not Jules. Rue sees her. Yeah. It's kind of like, hmm, who's this, like, Sailor Moon bitch? She gets she that hot. little eyebrow, and she yeah. looks out the back window. She's like, who this? Yeah, and then she kind of looks that? away and is like, man, I want to do drugs tonight. What should I do? Yeah, and then her mom's <laughs> talking about how proud she is of being sober, and Rue's like, all right. I'm oh, my God, I love that part, because everyone can relate when your mom's like, I am so proud of you, in your head, you're like, I'm so drunk you're right like, now. Jesus. Yeah, you're I just like, I drink. like literally hate you. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, that's a great scene. Her mother essentially is just like, I am so proud of you, Rue. Like, this is going to be a whole new chapter. Uh, sure it and is. And Rue's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm yeah, about to so, get lit. <laughs> uh, so that new chapter begins. And then Rue heads to the uh, the old gas station to buy some drugs from yes, our boy. Yes, the, uh, the local boy, Chevron. Shout out Fezco working in the chicken shop before Euphoria. Yes, Ang- well, his real name's st- Angus. Pulled off the literal streets of the chicken shop to yeah. be in this show. For for um, super fans that don't know that, literally Fezco's character, he was scouted out by a casting agent working at a fucking chicken shop. Like, yeah. talk about dreams coming true. So all of you that think you can't get anywhere in life. Yeah. I was going to say the work chicken at a chicken shop. shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
um so yeah rue's got a great fucking alien shirt on during this scene like an alien yep. playing soccer or something she heads into the the case to go buy the drugs well the freezer it's a freezer yeah right? the freezer yeah the so freezer. we get introduced to uh my favorite character personally ashtray who's like this yeah. little like five to seven year old boy in like a drug dealer like marmot jacket with the tims and shit he kind of looks like a little post he's malone got the, he's got the face tats and he's selling drugs out of the back of the freezer at the gas station and he's totally. got like crazy like pharmaceuticals from china okay i will say really quickly because i don't want to go like too off track but i will say alex knows this the first time we actually watched the show we were together the very first time i viewed the pilot and i Honestly, this was the only scene that made me question even watching the rest of the show because I was like, this is just, I can't, like, a fucking five-year-old selling drugs out of a freezer at a gas station and, like, they're not getting caught, like, nothing's happening. I'm kind of one of those people that's very realistic, so when shit like that happens, I'm like, this could never happen, this is dumb, like... No, a seven-year-old doesn't have face tats and is selling pharmaceuticals out of a freezer at a Chevron, like, that just doesn't happen. But Alex has kind of made me... Yeah, alternately... Alex has shown me other sides of it. Alternately, I fucking love this moment because, like, A, it's just funny, but also, like, B, you're immediately, like, thrown into realizing that this is not necessarily, like, realism. Totally. Like, we're we're going for something a little more, like, fantastical fantastical, here, a little more surreal, um, which I'll talk a little bit about in a a moment. Um, But this is kind of, like, your first introduction to the fact that this is not just, like, a straight-up, like, realism. Yes, and then um, one more thing to cap off before we kind of are done talking about this weird drug scene is that essentially this is kind of sad for Rue because she did just come out of, out of rehab from serious conditions that will come up later, but I don't know. It's just It kind of sucks that like this is... She's literally going immediately back to like buying drugs, which I, I mean, I can't blame her. Like, honest to God, wouldn't you after being in rehab all summer? Like, I would have to get my hands on something, so I don't blame her. But oh, 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 I, we almost forgot Nate. This is when we're introducing oh, Nate. Oh, I didn't forget. <laughs> that fucker shows up, and just from like second one that he's on screen, you're just like, God damn, this guy is such a fucking douche. piece of like, shit. From his first, like, moment on screen, you just fucking hate this guy. Like He's awful. He's he the guy that... He's the guy... I don't even really know. Actually, no, I do know. I did know people like this in high school. I did not associate with them because I was above all that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, he literally... So, he's super tall. He's definitely, like, got the jock build. And... But he's not... I do like this about Nate's character. When I say like, I mean, I do appreciate that they portray him... Not your stereotypical jock, like, I think shows really do a bad job of showing how shitty jocks really are. I feel like they only, like, lightly touch the surface. Meaning, like, they'll show a jock, like, throwing a slushie in someone's face in the hallway, and you're like, that, like, wasn't really how it was. Where Nate, like, they perfectly depict what a real, like asshole is like yeah he's just a fucking he's just the bottom of the monkey barrel yeah and then he immediately proceeds after being a total fuck on screen for the first time to run jules off her bike like on the road with his truck i can't like jesus this fucking he literally runs her into the fucking grass he throws he doesn't throw anything at her he just he pushes her right no he drives his truck like close enough to her that she crashes into a lawn which Let's all remember this. If they try to redeem Nate's character in season two, which I hope they don't, he's irredeemable. Yeah. No. This shit is unforgivable. I, I will agree This is like that. the Absolutely. first of many unforgivable Absolutely. acts. Absolutely. But yeah, he is uh, right off the bat. 
it's bad. So that's so, that's a lot in the first, you know, the first scene of getting to know Rue and really it's just the a good it's a great intro to the new characters that we're just going to keep talking shit and delving into. All right. So, um uh, after Nate's fuckery, um we get some some time with Jules and she is trolling uh the old Humper app. Um, or whatever the <laughs> off-brand version of grinder that yes. they're using on well, the show is. We have to talk about what that means. No one knows what the fuck you're saying. So we were laughing because in every fucking show, like Nickelodeon, Disney, whenever someone gets a text, they always have some fake-ass app, like The Pear or The Slap, I think, was <laughs> Victorious. No, I'm the serious. Slap. If Victorious, remember I told you I like literally yeah. worked on that show. Ariana Grande was on that show. They had literally a, an app. That was like called the slap, which is like, isn't that like an STD of some sort? That's the clap. Oh, shit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Corona got me mixing up my STDs. Oh my no, God. it was called the slap. But anyway, so yeah. we, we're calling the app that Jules is on in Euphoria Humper because it's grinder. It's like but... off-brand grinder. Yeah, it's off-brand So grinder. yeah, Jules is sitting there scrolling through Humper. She's getting offers for the old p and Humping through Humper. Yeah, and then uh, she gets a message from um, someone uh, with the username Dominant Daddy. Okay, Although, Alice uh, is giving me a look from across the room because... Yeah. I'll, let me explain. First of all, I was probably drunk because every time I watch Euphoria, I'm like at least a wine You weren't drunk in. all seven to nine times. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was not. Sometimes I was high. I know, but you. what I'm saying is you weren't drunk oh, or I wasn't high drunk all for this. of those no, times. No, no, no. This is a sober page, like, idiot moment. I thought the username of the, the that, what's his name, was using, Cal was using, yeah. I thought it was Domian Daddy. I thought it was spelled D-O-M-I-A-N Daddy. So, Instead of dominant. So I was really confused. And Alex and I, when we were like literally starting to do this podcast, we were like trying to break down what we want to talk about. And Alex was like, oh, let's talk about how funny it was when Cal like texts her from dominant daddy. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, that's not what it is. It is. It is Domian daddy. So, so, uh, so long story short, Cal is known as Domi and Daddy around here. So, so I think we're for the rest of the podcast, uh, no, I that's my goal. For the rest of the podcast, we're not even going to say Cal. We're not going to say Nate's dad. We're just going to say Domi and Daddy Domi or DD. DD. Yeah. So old. Uh, so big DD. Old Domi and Daddy here <laughs> sends her a pic, which we got a good laugh out of on our rewatch because he sends her like a a chest body shot. Um, yeah. Of, like, a very pasty, like, pale, gross, weird dad bod. Uh, it's not even a dad bod. It's, like... It's, it's pretty dad I don't body. even know. Like, words cannot explain how horrendous this grinder... It's oh, sorry. Gross. Humper photo um, is. But what's so funny about this and what makes this, like, non-body shamey is that they show the actor, Eric Dane, shortly after this, and that is not his body in the picture. No, absolutely he not. I mean, for all the super fans... Body. Well, also, all the super fans know that... He, the guy that acts for Cal, I, what's his name again? You Eric know Eric Dane. Eric Dane. He's in Grey's Anatomy, and all the girls mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, he's so hot." Trust me, the body they show on that photo is not so hot. 
No, when you see his body, like, shortly after, it's not him in that picture, which is, like, fascinating. This is, like, the greatest mystery, because, like, why did he catfish her with a picture that's not him, but is also, like, worse than your body? (laughs) Like, you're supposed to catfish people with, like, good pictures, not, like, ones that are, like, grosser than you are in real life. Absolutely. And also, we will be posting this photo of Domi and Daddy in our Instagram. That's so euphoric. Check it out. I'll handle it at the end of the episode, but trust me, we will plug that bod (laughs) yes so like was this like intentional or was it like a weird fuck up who knows anyways she gets that text and then she's like yeah i'm gonna go meet up with him um so then we get like this great scene where she's riding her bike and it's like you love this scene yeah because i think this uh so like playing into what i was talking about earlier with our boy ashtray um we're starting to get a like glimpse into like the fact that this show is more of a a dark fantasy than it is like realism or a drama Um, yeah it's not your average like mtv show but it's also not it's really not like anything we've seen before and i know others might argue but like there are a lot of shows out there like skins um, I don't know. You can name a bunch. Like, there's a lot of shows out there about teenagers in high school, and they are never accurate. And they're also never fun like this in a way where it's, like, really actually dark and pulls other influences. Yeah, it's definitely, like, making an effort to be more of, like, a more fantastical. And it's got some, like, the score during this time has very Danny Elfman vibes. It's kind of like Absolutely. Edward Scissorhandsy. You've got, like, the weird... They like they meet up at this like motel that's like kind of just in the middle of the suburbs, and like somehow she was able to ride her bike there. Yeah, um, which is weird for Oakland. Everything's so spread out. They're there. not in Oakland. They're in like no, they're in Oakland. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought they were in like the middle of nowhere. No, NorCal. it's Oakland. Hmm. All right, we'll fact check this momentarily. Yeah, I might be drunk, but, but um, I, I'm pretty sure. But then it's there's Oakland. like this weird motel. It's just kind of in the middle of the suburbs, and all the kids ride bikes everywhere, which is very like Stranger Things. Um. We've got like music that doesn't, it's kind of from all different eras. Like they're mm-hmm. listening to like 2000s hip hop at their high school parties, but like we know from the phones that it's oh more God. modern. Wait, pause. That's how I know it's Oakland because they go, Oakland, that's it, baby, that song, the blow the whistle. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely in like Oakland, they all point to themselves. Hmm. No, they do, I swear. All Anyways, right. it's not important, but it is Oakland, I think. Anyways, um, so yeah, we, we're getting, like, the intro to, like, all this stuff with the bikes, and the we're getting, like, purple, like, purple lit, like, synthwave motel scenes. Like, we've got the five-year-old selling drugs. Yeah. We've got this scene very early on of Jules and Rue, like, doing acid together before they know each other. Um, just introducing this idea that this is, like, a little more... It's more than just, like, a show about teenagers. Yeah. Um, which which is a big point of like why I'm interested in this show. Uh, Alex, yeah, that tickles my heart because I'm obsessed. So for Alex to even say he's somewhat interested, (laughs) it's a big deal. (laughs) It's a big fucking deal. Mm. Alex is very hard to please. Yeah, true. (laughs) So uh, so then Jules is getting ready for a date. Oh my god, yes, I love when she's getting ready. So she's in her room. She's getting ready. Um. This is really, really random, but Alex and I, of course, as you do when you're preparing for such a creative outlet as a podcast, we took notes and we rewatched the episode. So she's getting ready. By the way, she's wearing the tights that I wore to my holiday parties, so I feel like I should get credit here. I feel like I'm just such an influencer in that way. 
<laughs> but I love it. Okay, but really, on the real, she looks hot as fuck, and she puts on her lip gloss. And I know this is really strange, but like, ladies, if you've done this, like, let me know. But like, she does this weird thing where I always do this, but like, you use your finger to apply your lip gloss. But then I'm always wiping the excess lip gloss on my jeans, or like, I don't even Ew. know. Like, I'll rub it on like the back of my neck. Ew. Alex thinks that's really weird and gross, but like, what she does is like way hotter. She like puts it on her lips and licks her finger like a lollipop and i'm like that is so hot and in that moment i was like i might be lesbian because i think jules is hot but like alex thinks it's really nasty that when i apply my lip gloss i'm like wiping it on like my ass on my jeans (laughs) yeah just a little bit (laughs) but anyways i love that scene i don't care what anybody says i just think i don't know why I, i literally took a note that said hot when jules applies lip gloss so she's getting ready to meet up with this dad big dd domi and daddy (laughs) old domi and daddy and And then she gets a text yes so she gets a text it's like text what's in the text alex um she gets a picture from domi and daddy of a bottle of cook's champagne alongside two plastic glasses basically like enticing her like Look what I've got inside waiting no, for you. No, is there even like, a message with it? No, it's literally just a photo. He's just like, it's just it's, a photo of Cooks. Yeah, it's like, come up to the room. Look what I got. I got a fucking $5 bottle of champagne and two plastic glasses. And anyone that knows Alex and I, and I really mean this, our friends know this. Obviously, our new podcast followers have no fucking clue what we're talking about. But we are Cooks number one fans. Cooks, if you are listening to this podcast, please sponsor us. We, You could use the branding, A. B, like, we would be the best influencers for your brand, so shout out Cooks. True. So there's, like, a long history of us with Cooks. So we both kind of, like, died when this when she gets this Oh, we text. died. We literally so, were laughing so hard we had to rewind the show because yeah. we were... I was crying laughing, like... So no for those of you that like don't know, for those of you that don't know, Cooks is like a, a cheap champagne. It's, it's like a Andre. step above Andre. It's like five to ten dollars a bottle. Um, and I don't know why, but sometime in college, this became like our drink, like of choice. Yeah, Paige is literally we don't even wearing. Know how it evolved? Like literally, I, I, everyone's always like, "Why do you love Cooks?" And I have to kind of stop because I'm kind of like, "Why wouldn't I love it? It's beautiful." But like, I'm also like, I actually don't know. It's, I have uh, no answer. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of reasons, but like Paige but is literally and I wearing. Will be drinking Cooks at our wedding. Like yeah. that's how much we love. Oh it. yeah. And right now Paige is wearing a vintage Cooks sweatshirt oh God, I that I got her off eBay because that's like how into Cooks we are. Literally, so we are obsessed. This shit is hilarious. But like, as much as we love Cooks, Cooks is not like good or impressive champagne. No. Um, so it's like what eight dollars <laughs> maybe in New York. Oh, that is one thing about moving to New York. Yeah, they fucking price it up here. It's, it's like eight dollars here in California when we were buying that shit off the rack. It's like it eleven like here. Yeah, on the West Coast, it's like five dollars. Yeah, and here on the it's East about Coast, 11. it's like here eleven and twelve bucks. Okay, but 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 New York is labeling cooks as a luxury, therefore it's eleven dollars. So I'm I'm kind of here for paying more because it's like I'm paying for quality. I am paying for quality. In California, everyone's like, who the fuck drinks Cooks? That's disgusting because it's $5. In New York, they're like, ooh, like $11 Cooks? Okay. Anyways, I this is a moment where we need to pause for a second because Alex actually, literally, despite coronavirus, nothing is stopping us. Nothing. Alex went ahead and bought us 
a beautiful bottle of cooks that we're about to open right now over the mic you want to hear that pop you want to hear oh, that yeah. fizzle oh yeah in honor of our first episode <laughs> and this this particular moment in the episode we had to uh do it up big we had to here, so. let's hear it uh everyone listen cook sounds like nothing else watch him make a sound that special moment i couldn't cover my ears because i'm wearing headphones oh that, that was treacherous moment. but Honestly, the crisp sound of a cook's opening is like no other. Oh, wait. Do you think they can, the viewers can hear that? The oh. viewers, the listeners. Oh, they can hear it. I'm not used to my... I'm used to being an Instagrammer where I say viewers, but now I have to get used to saying the listeners. It's a beautiful sound. All right. So, you know what? Alex and I are going to cheers. It's our first episode of our podcast that we are just so proud of. And you know what? Let's cheers and let's say that's so euphoric. Ugh, that's so euphoric. That is... Cooks. Euphoric. Oh, that is just so euphoric. Oh my god, this cooks is great. I wonder what, how long it's aged. Ooh, that's fresh. Just fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Um, so anyways... So anyways <laughs> that was quite a moment. Yeah. That was a moment. <laughs> but anyways, this scene is... That was is... a you. A euphoric moment. And also, we do need to be better. Like, we named the show that. We do need to be better about saying when a moment is euphoric. Like, it sounds cliche, mm. but, like, it's very important when something is so crucial and, like, exciting and stupid. We need to say, like, that is so That euphoric. text is definitely euphoric. Yeah, so this was a euphoric moment. But to, like, unpack this a little bit, this scene, like, reveals some key stuff about um, our boy Domi and Daddy um, that's pretty interesting. So, like revelation number one he's definitely just like straight up disrespecting jewels um because he's basically like you don't warrant even oh my like God, it's embarrassing you don't warrant more than it's like the cheap bottom shelf champagne like he could have gotten her like the nondescript like 20 dollar bottle from trader joe's that it looks at least like looks fancy well, but he just went straight up for like bottom shelf oh absolutely it's so embarrassing it's like okay here i am i'm on uh thump or humper i almost said thumper, thumper. <laughs> i'm on the thumper app and anyone, I mean, come on. I mean, you and I have dated 10 years, so to be fair, we don't know what it's like to be on an online app, but I'm sorry. You've got to be a fucking loser if you're texting someone a bottle of cooks with plastic glasses, at least if you're going to entice someone with the beautiful, luxurious Whoa. cooks. No, no, no. At least have, like, some nice china or, like, crystal. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Plastic so, like, cups. Step two here is that he's disrespecting not only jewels, but he is disrespecting the cooks by putting it in plastic glasses you know like absolutely the cooks deserves better um and then like just on a third level of disrespect he's really disrespecting himself because this guy clearly has money he could be drinking better champagne but oh he doesn't God, care he doesn't i care he's a doctor about... i don't know he's not a doctor but he's definitely known in the community he's an architect i think but he like doesn't care enough about <laughs> himself because he's at like job sites alex has only seen the show twice and he's, he's like, like in cal cons- is an architect he's in like construction or something he's like a developer okay. so nate's a dad is a developer architect or something he's on, like, oh you're right he's on construction yes, yes, yes. sites all yes the time. you see him on construction sites yeah i thought he was a doctor <laughs> i'm thinking Grey's anatomy i'm sorry Jeez. show crossovers so like clearly he has money so he's kind of disrespecting himself too you know he really played himself by not buying himself a better champagne for this yes. occasion and for those of you that are bored already like get over it this was very important that we discuss the com- like the complex issue of him sending a photo to jewels it's not a dick pic it's literally a bottle of five dollar 99 cooks and two plastic glasses let's remember that ladies so if you get that text and you get that photo sliding into your dm i mean 
part of me is like, fuck yeah, this is great. Another part of me is like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, unless you have like a cultish love for cooks like us, then this is That's straight what I'm saying. up disrespect. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say like maybe two people, me and Alex would be stoked on that photo. Anybody else like run for the fucking hills if you yeah, get that photo. Basically. So then we get on with things and they have their, uh, their very creepy sexual yeah, encounter this part is really deep i mean euphoria super fans know this but anyone that's nude listening to this podcast and maybe might be watching the show for the first time this seems probably the hardest you'll have to sit through absolutely no the hardest in the show i think so i mean it's really tough to watch a 40 year old dad essentially like thrusting his dick into her like we had some discussions about whether this was rape or not. Well, and it's like he's having like, sex with her, but he's like, it's from behind and it's a lot and it's very rapey. It's not like romantic. It's not even like, oh, like, I get it. Like, she likes older guys. It, it literally feels like a rape scene for me. It's really hard to watch. A, As a woman, it's agreed. very hard to watch. I mean, I agree. And we looked over like everything a lot after this scene and it's hard to read from Jewel's reactions it's very complex and it's hard to read whether this was like rapey for her or not or if this was like more what she's into um because we never really get like an explicit reaction from her that confirms or denies anything either way but it definitely has like some pretty creepy vibes it's hard though and i I will say mouth thing and like the aggressiveness of it and like obviously that's like what does he say to her he puts his like finger in her mouth and he's like suck on this or like says something and i mean obviously he is the the dominant daddy so like much of this is to be expected i think to me i'm sure she expected much of that but yeah like i I said i know it's like it as a woman i will speak on this because i i think it's okay for me to say if we're gonna get like serious for just half a second because this podcast is not serious at all i will say like Sex from behind already is very, like, degrading, even if it feels really great. Like, it's like your face is in a fucking pillow. You can hardly breathe. Like, I really mean this. Like, even if I am, like, enjoying it, it's like, wow, I'm literally being mounted by a man with my face, like, in a fucking pillow. I can't breathe. Like, it's already so, like, intense. So to be mounted as, like, a high schooler by a 40-year-old fucking dad... (laughs) who just fed you cooks like i'm sorry that's a lot to digest so when i say it feels rapey it's like yo alex and i've did it 10 years and not to be tmi but like if you're fucking me from behind it already is kind of like oh god okay i'll do this tmi tmi (laughs) it's like okay i will suffer through like barely being able to breathe so that my boyfriend can orgasm but like if it's a (laughs) excuse me (laughs) i'm kidding i'm totally kidding i mean most of the time i enjoy it but I mean, but once again, circling it back, if it was, like, someone, like, uh, your dad's age doing that to me, I'm telling you right now, like, that's not enjoyable. And any woman that says it is, <laughs> they're I mean, fucking lying. Well, we can't say that. Like, many, everyone experience has their own vibes and I'm gets their own things. I'm saying a high schooler, though. A high clearly, school girl is so in it. They don't know that you much. Can't, don't, don't, like disregard her sexual agency here like she's sure. clearly seeking out dominant men for this type of encounter and while we don't know like the particulars about how she felt about this encounter like i think it's safe to say like she yeah. at least has some idea of what she's into and i don't think it's right to say like that doesn't work for her like absolutely i'm not dissing her at all i all i'm saying is i just 
for me as a girl, it's hard to watch. That's so you're right. No, I'm not judging her. If anything, that is why Jules is such a fucking badass because I do think she actually gets some kind of pleasure from it. I think for her, it's like a, a dominance thing, which is odd because for me, I don't understand it, but to each their own. For her, I think it's a very empowering move, and we'll get into that later because she does talk about it with Rue. Yeah, let her do her thing. Um, but then we, my other take, uh, hot take from the scene is that, like, who knows? But to me, it feels like Nate's dad being such a macho, like, fucking asshole. I feel like he's, do we think, do we think Domi and Daddy's gay? I feel like he's probably gay and goes for trans what? girls no. because he is not comfortable in his oh. masculinity enough mm. to accept that he's gay and he's got the family and everything. So I so feel like Cal he, gay or I feel DD? like he couches his gayness by like soliciting trans girls. Maybe. Because he's not comfortable enough to be like, I'm gay. I, I think we'll have to explore that later. I think TBD. it's definitely a thing. Does Nate want to fuck his dad? Alex, just shut up. No. TBD. That's not a thing. TBD. All right. So... Then we get to the part where essentially we're jumping into the party scene, which is the last final scene of the show. We see Rue. She's literally stumbling through the gas station. I've already talked to Alex about this. I took notes on it. I I love this part. Rue's literally stumbling. And the girls roll up. This is when we're introduced to my favorite girl squad. I feel like these girls are my best friends. A, they are because Sydney Sweeney and I are essentially like on a personable level at this point. She is not there though. Oh, you're she's not in the car. No. Damn. No. Are you sure? Yeah, it's just. Uh... So it's Janice, Kat, and Maddie. I'm there. Yeah. She's in there. Oh, you might be right. She went with nah. what's his name? Yeah. She's Damn. There never mind. All right. Scratch that. Anyways, we <laughs> meet half the girl squad, which every girl that watches Euphoria like this is like the moment we love it. They're in the car. It's such a good depiction of girls in high school. It's literally, I mean, we've got Janice front <laughs> seat. Sorry, I'm laughing because the girl that literally none of us know her name. She's always jeweling. Or no, we do know her name, but we'll say it later. But it's the girl that's always jeweling. She's kind of ratchet, and she's all she's a part of the girl squad, but they never talk about her. So there's Cat, Maddie, Cassie and Lexi those are like that's the girl squad plus Rue and Jules of course but then we've got this random ass girl who's always wearing like a bra and is jeweling and so Alex and I call her jeweling Janice because they they never say her name and she's really dope she's always like in tracksuits just like jeweling (laughs) and being ratchet and looking like she's probably like a like Russian consort or something um well what's her real name you do you remember yeah her real name in her her name in the show is BB but I don't know if they ever say that on screen and if they do we missed it yeah we missed it so we call her Julian Janice so yeah so Janice the jeweler (laughs) anyways Um, it doesn't matter that scene I just love I just wanted to bring it up because it seems really fun it's kind of like when you're in high school and you're partying you're having a good time so essentially they they come over and I love this part because Maddie literally looks back and goes is that Rue and everyone's like yeah why and she's like I thought she was fucking dead like, everyone thought she died because of her drug overdose, but nah, she's there at the gas station. So they ask her if she needs a ride to this party, and Rue's, like, fucked up on drugs at this point from earlier in the episode. So she looks at them and goes, <laughs> yeah, and she's, like, literally laughing. So it's great. Literally, right, like, we're watching it right now on our screen as we're doing the podcast, and she's about to get picked up, and I love it. It's just cute. She's ready to party. 
Also, Rue is looking good in this scene. Rue has got like her like shiny gold jacket and her like shiny red like velvety like shirt yes. top the pants thing going. Absolutely. Like, also, they're all drooling, and that is something that Alex and I cannot relate to because I'm sorry, like the young folk these days. I mean, people our age definitely jewel, but I'm saying like. For our time, you didn't jump into a car with a bunch of people to go to a party and everyone had their own jewel. That was not no, a we thing. we had cloves and cigarettes. Yeah. Like, duh. So we were smoking Camel Crush and, like, absolutely. black cloves So I, I, I love, like, I really enjoy this scene. So, anyways, moving on. We get to the party. It's poppin'. The party is hoppin'. Yeah, so we get to the party. Poppin'. We've got a really great party usage of... Uh, Smart House. Shout yeah. out Smart House. If yeah. you haven't seen Smart House. We've got Nate and all of his friends doing the Smart House dance. Singing to a song from jump, Smart House, jump, the famous the decom. That'd be so funny if Nate like threw his jacket off and just started doing that dance. That would be amazing. No, oh my god, that's perfect too, because there's the black guy in Smart House, so it could be Nate, Nate and McKay. McKay. Oh my uh, god, they should have done that. Oh my god, and Cassie could have been the girl that throws her cardigan in the house plant. Oh uh, yeah. That's how they you know get what's caught. sad is anyone watching, or oh my god, I keep saying watching. Anyone listening to this podcast probably hasn't even seen Smart House. If you haven't seen Smart House, you're doing yourself Plug. no favors. Go Disney check that Plus, shit out. Smart ASAP. House. Um, anyways, moving on. I went way yeah, off track. Yeah, so anyways, we they're at the party now. Um, they're using. Uh, we got a really great usage of "Good Times" by Jamie XX, yes. where you got the fluctuating volume that's like really simulating what it's like to be at the party. Not only that, going it's also room what it's to like, room and the volume's muffled and it's not. It's also what it's like to take, for me at least. It's like. It's the experience of taking drugs for the first time. And like you said, being at a party and kind of having everything go silent. Mm-hmm. But having like the background muffle and almost being a little paranoid, but not enough. Yeah. And like sometimes you're, like, you're, you're a little hyper... nervous because you're like, why is everything like kind of quiet? Why am I like in this state of mind? And then it's like, oh, like the music kind of creeps in and then you feel yeah. okay. And sometimes you're like hyper attuned to the music and other times it's like it's not even there. Exactly. Yep. So... Also, we will we will absolutely plug that song on our Instagram. We're always going to update you on all the best songs in the show because there's so many that it's like hard to even keep track of. Of course. Moving on. Um, so then we got um, McKay is talking to uh, to his boys, the the football boys. Oh and... my god! No, to be fair, this is before the party. This isn't it, right in this. Moment, yeah, right around yeah. this time though. So everybody's giving McKay. They're like pre gaming for the party. Everyone's giving McKay a hard time about being into Cassie because of the sex video. The sex video that's out there about her. Um, and McKay's response to them all giving her <laughs> giving him a hard time about her is. She's cool, guys. Like, she likes cars. Literally. Wait, Which... let's rephrase that. Literally, they're all watching a practical porno of her. Yeah. And they're like, wait. And he goes, guys, stop. Like, don't don't call her a whore. She likes cars. She's cool. She likes cars. He doesn't even say don't call her a whore. He doesn't even defend her. No, he does. Her. No, he does. He's, He's just like, like don't cool. call her that. He's like, no, she's cool. She likes cars. Like... His like all, in his mind, his great defense of how he's gonna win over this fucking team of douchebags to this girl and like change their opinion on her is like, no, it's cool. Like she likes cars. Like also, and they're all Cassie gonna be like, doesn't oh, doesn't fucking does like she? cars. Like, Not one ounce of her character shows that she's into cars. Like when she's do probably we into ever? Cars. She seems like she'd be into cars. No, when do we ever though in this season of Euphoria get the hint that Cassie's fucking researching cars? Well, she's this into, is so stupid. She's into true romance, which I would say is an unexpected turn 
for her character. So if she's into true romance, I would. I don't find it true unbelievable. True romance meaning her Halloween costume, right? Later in the show? Yeah. Okay. Her Halloween costume later in the show is a reference to Alabama from... Mm-hmm. No, I know. I was just making sure. Which is like a pretty like culty like movie. It's like Quentin Tarantino wrote it, but he didn't. Cars involved. (laughs) It's got a bunch of like great like kind of actors, actors like. Oh, yes, that too. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to interject, but I will say another really cool part of the scene that we definitely wanted to at least like say, just in case super fans didn't know. It's so cool when Rue's really high and we get the Jamie XX vibes. The filmmakers actually had a rotating hallway. Mm, and so yes. it looks like she's really dizzy mm-hmm. and she's like really high and fucked up. But really, they actually had a hallway that rotated and people were Velcroed to the ceiling of it. Yeah, they did the Inception thing, right? Yes. So it's a really cool look. Love so if you're, wa- if you're re-watching episode one, for those of you that aren't super fans, if you watch, she's really high and it really does appear like she's kind of like dizzy and is like essentially crawling wall to wall like Spider-Man. And it's insane because it's actually a set that they built. And, like, it from a nerdy point of view, like, this costs a lot of money and takes a lot of time. And all the actors essentially have to be hanging upside down, Velcroed to the ceiling for, like, sometimes, like, not not anything crazy, but sometimes, like, minutes at a time, which if you've ever hung upside down, that's treacherous. Like, I don't recommend it for anyone. Also, they're obviously they're not drinking. They have red cups, but they're empty. So not only are you hanging upside down, you don't actually get to enjoy, like, drinking cooks or anything of the sort. So, Terrible. fun fact. I just wanted to throw that in. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, fuck, that's... I hope those extras got paid a little that's bit. That's why uh, Euphoria is so amazing. They really go the extra length. Yeah, truly. They really do. I mean, it's it's a movie. It's not truly. a TV show. It's literally a film. It's very cinematic, which yeah. is one of the things I appreciate about it. Um, Anyways... So yeah, uh, sometime during the scene, we also get the reference where Rue is just straight up admits that she's an unreliable narrator. Um, I won't go too deep into that, but like keep that in mind for the rest of the show. Most of what we see through the show is through Rue's eyes, and at this point, she's basically said she's unreliable. Um, so everything kind of comes with that again that like fantastical element or that air of like who knows if this is actually what happened. Like we, it's all kind of like absolutely it's all sifted through her like drug-addled vision so who knows no that's a good point it's like we can't really rely on what she's telling us even though she's the narrator because she's fucked up all the time Mm -hmm. which is kind of like me in this podcast like you can't rely on what i'm saying exactly (laughs) um so then we get the best part of the whole party the best most satisfying uh, part oh i thought oh sorry i was thinking another moment oh well my my personal favorite part of the party scene is when we get to what i we've dubbed the uh the reject room yes we have named it the reject room so that's the awkward room at the party where we've got the collection of like all the like shuffled off like weirdos that like probably shouldn't be there exactly so we are got... just there but yeah they're like invited by some a friend yeah. of a friend of a friend yeah. we've all been there so we got like the idiot like twins in here we tia, got no tio and tamaro oh, yeah, excuse me tio and tamaro you know the two black twins yeah so we have them <laughs> they're both total goons we've named them tia and tamaro we got cat in the trader joe's shirt we got nick Lovin. No, 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 no you you went into that way too fast so we've got cat who by the way throughout the show has really great fashion but alex, alex got a really like laughable kick out of this as we were watching i was like what the fuck like Kat deserves better. Like, she's literally in a fucking shirt that looks like she just walked off her shift at Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. She looks sweaty. She doesn't look good. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not fair because guess what? 
it's always the bigger girl that gets the most commentary. So why not? Let's make her look hot. Let's not put her in a fucking Hawaiian extra large t-shirt. Let's maybe like let her shine. Like I, 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 the Trader Joe's Hawaiian shirt is not doing her any favors. And this is coming from a guy that's a big fan of a good Hawaiian shirt. No, but I'm just saying, like, she has great fashion throughout the show. I know you have different opinions, but I think she does. And in this moment, she is not shining. She's literally, like, a sweaty Trader Joe's worker. So, anyways. So, we got... We got uh, the reject room. They're all smoking yeah. in there. They're all chilling well, on beanbags. The, the, the other member of the reject room is fucking, like, this McLovin wannabe who, for some reason, thought he should take his shirt off, even though he has, like, the schlubbiest, like, whitest, pastiest body He's disgusting. Ever. He's got his little, like, peach fuzz mustache. Um, yeah. So this room is just all around sad. Like it's just sad because they're they're literally the rejects of the party, but they're all conversing. And anyways, McLovin, the character on the beanbag that looks like a total fuck, he essentially starts enticing Cat in her Trader Joe shirt and is being a real dick. And is like, have you ever like? Do you know what it's like to like suck on a guy's dick? Like I don't know what he actually says, but it's something along those Some lines. Like it's so annoying because it's like literally, if I was in that moment, I would literally have to be like. Are you actually asking me this right now? Like, I'm trying to drink and have a good time. Don't ask me about what sucking dick is like. It's not that great. Like, shut up. Instead, Sit on Kat's your beanbag like, and, like, do your yeah. thing. But instead, she's like, yeah, let me pop this Trader Joe's shirt off. Well, Fuck to be it. fair, she's dealing with a lot of confidence issues. So her character is very complex. And us women can understand... Like, it's really intimidating for a guy to be like, do you like to suck dick? Like, I mean, it's just Even awkward. if it's McLovin? Even if it's like peach fuzz, yeah, schlubby boy. For her, it is because she feels very. She doesn't have a lot of confidence. So yeah. for her, anyone that's like asking her something like that, it's very intimidating. Yeah. But to be fair, I think I think she handles herself the best she can. So we don't need to go into in depth because I think we can talk about that in other episodes because her character is so complex. But fair. in that moment, I feel for her as a girl. It's really scary to be put on the spot like that and be asked if you're a virgin. All these personal questions. So she ends up fucking that guy, which is really awful. Oh. Yeah, true. She does, but we do find out a little later. But that like she I said, we'll talk about it next which, episode because it's a deeper dive. But I mean, woof. Like, episode two will deep dive. I think my jaw hit the floor when they found when you find out later in the episode that she fucked McLovin. I like I thought maybe it was gonna be like, oh, she sucked his dick. Like, no, it's I was worse. like, ooh, I know, girl, I know. Oof. But let's let's deep dive Anyways. into episode two. Also, during that. this scene, just quick shout out, we get a flashback to a scene where Jules has green eyebrows, which is the only scene where they ever show this in the whole show. I don't know that it, like, super works for her, but it's a super interesting, like, worthwhile fashion choice. And it's funny that of, like, all the makeup in this show, that one doesn't ever really get any recognition. Because the green eyebrows is all I mean, eyebrows is a bold move. No one's, like... It's a super bold move. No, but I'm saying, like, you're saying, oh, it wasn't picked up. Well, no shit. No one's trying to go out and dye their eyebrows green, like... Well, I don't mean in that way. I just mean, like... It's more permanent. I mean, respect... I mean it more in, like, respect to, like, the costume, like, and the makeup department and stuff because for this one like five second flashback of jewels they were like let's dye our eyebrows green like yeah, fuck it. it never comes back like so that's great it's i love great. that um so to wrap up the end of this party scene it's obviously very intense a lot happens and for you super fans you know what happens but the end scene we won't really go too deep into it but it is the most epic it is literally when jewels just owns fucking Nate and it is so epic and I'm sorry like it's so powerful and I know I think I skipped a part we wanted to talk about but I don't even care because this is so important Nate essentially bullies Jules and puts her in a fucking corner and is like what the fuck like I didn't invite you here and he's like a total meathead and she literally like she (laughs) 
she blows me the fuck away. Oh, she yeah. slits her own wrist to the point where it's her bleeding. Arm. Yeah. And not just slits it, puts it in his face and is like, what? What? She like what? smears it on him. Yeah. <laughs> she smears it she on him. She goes you're like right. full like pagan witchy and like smears her like she like marks him by like smearing her blood on him, which is just like supremely badass. It's not only badass, he's literally begging like a little fucking pussy. Oh, yeah, he's fucking scared. She has she's like gonna cut him and he's fucking scared as he's shit. So he's about scared. to like shit his pants. It's great. I love it. It's just good. And it's it's a moment for anyone that's ever been, you know, the underdog in high school. It's a really empowering moment to watch in a show. We've Just, all wanted to stick a knife in a jock's ribs, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So, anyways, I, like I said, there's not much to do. Like, other than watch it and you'll feel the same way. It's such an empowering moment for Jules as a character. That's fucking great. But um, the only other thing that we really quickly wanted to mention was when Rue and Fezco have a little talk on the couch. Yeah, they're talking outside and it's a great, like... Um, I think this scene is worth mentioning it for me because Fezco is like believably stoned in this scene. Like he's like super out of it and she's trying to get real deep and he's just like, I'm too stoned for this. Like I love you, but like I'm too stoned. And I like it because like so often in like movies and TV and stuff being stoned like is depicted as being like you're fucking like wild, like almost like drinking or like MDMA or something. And he's just like so like low-key like can Mm -hmm. barely speak is so out of it it's just like i'm too high for this shit which is a much more accurate depiction well also no not to like burst your bubble but also we do have to remember that this is really a moment where we can all relate if you actually do smoke weed often which is when someone sits down and starts to tell you a really like dark deep story about their life which rue does she's literally going into why she went to rehab what like why That's a drinking here. convo, not a smoking convo. Yeah, when you're drinking, you can kind of like overlook and go ha ha ha, and like keep drinking. Or you fun. can get deep on it and be okay with yeah. it. But when you're smoking, that's just like it's too much. Shit. It's like yo, I want to be talking about like funny shit. Right I want to point to like, someone ooh. across the room and be like, don't they look like Gumby from that show? Like yeah, exactly. It's like you're you're stoned. You just want to like giggle and talk about stupid yeah. shit. You're not trying to have your night get like super fucking dark. No, like. not at all. Yeah. So that part's very realistic, and we appreciate it because it's it's. Once again, it just tells you how much how much the director puts into the show and how much research is done, or how much uh, how much Chicken Shop Boy brings to the scene. You oh, know? absolutely! Like, it could be the direction. It's a mixture. It's it a mixture, also, but the writing is great. Yeah, it could just be that he's like that type of dude who like gets what it's like to be stoned at a party, which to me seems believable. But I'm just projecting. Absolutely no, I'm saying like that. I'm priding you for on that. Like they're literally making this the most realistic show possible by literally pulling someone out of a chicken shop who gets high all the time. So that they don't have to act like they're high. They actually are high because they get high yeah. all the time. Or they like get what that experience yeah. is like, you know. It's it's yeah. it's great. So the only other thing I wanted to talk about was obviously after Jules slits her wrist. So after Fesco and Rue have their talk, Jules slits her wrist. She does her thing, smears her blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's had a night. She went from drinking cooks mm-hmm. out of a plastic cup to essentially bleeding down her fucking arm and smearing oh, yeah. it on a jock. Talk about a night. Oh, yeah. She walks outside. It's clearly very frustrated, like anyone would be, because it's like, yo, I did this really baller thing, but like no one's really like, you know, high fiving me for it. She walks out, grabs her bike, and guess who's there to greet her? Rue. Well, Rue goes out there to say, like, hey, are you okay? That's what I'm saying. She's there to greet her. She yeah. just literally says, hey, are you okay? Yeah, Rue's like, which is kind of dope, because 
I feel like you and I, especially like Alex and I, like getting nerdy on this, like our relationship's kind of similar. Like we both are kind of outcasts in a way. <laughs> Alex more so than me. We're those. We're like the weirdos at the party. But we are. We're time. always like the weird yeah. outcasts. We always have different opinions. We're always kind of like the standout group. Mm-hmm. So for someone to like come up to you and care and be like, "Yo, are you like cool?" But not in like a a thirsty way. More just like, "Are you okay?" It was just a really cute moment. It's clear. It's clear that Rue's intrigued, but she's also like she cares about Jules from literally the millisecond they meet. Mm-hmm, so it's a great scene. She jumps off, you know, she's like, what are you doing? Like, where are you going? And Jules is like, I'm going home. Like my, my wrist is like bleeding. I'm going home. Like over to the ER. I don't know. Yeah. And Rue essentially is like, can I come with? And it's such a cute moment. Cause in that moment you could be like, nah, dude, like I'm trying to go home. My wrist is like bleeding. But it's cute. Jules is like, okay. Like, she doesn't even think twice. She's just kind of like, let's do this. Yeah, they fucking hang out. It's cool. I know, I it's just very, like, like it. casually, it's like, very organic, though. I organic. like it, because it's just not yeah. forced. And I, I think agree. that's why Euphoria stands out. Nothing's ever forced. It feels so natural. So, essentially, they have this really cute moment. And Rue Rue jumps on the back of Jules' bike or on the front? The back. <laughs> I just want to make sure I get that right. Yeah. She jumps on the back. They ride home. Alex has a weird, weird qualm with this part. Not which a qualm. Is not it's just funny. When they get to deal. Jules' house, like the stairway in her house is so wide. I don't understand. I've never, I've been in so many suburban homes in my life, and I have never seen a stairway that was like six or seven feet across like this one is. It's fascinating. Also, like I said, we Un- are completely unimportant, but fascinating. Totally. But. It's a really emotional scene. I mean, they're riding the bike together. She still has, like, tears stained on her cheeks, like Jules does. And then Rue, like, cleans her up when they get to the house. It's yeah, very it's intimate. It's, it's very like, intimate. Rue, like, takes care of her. It's cute, though. No, it's not, like, sexy or, like, oh, like, ooh. Like, it's a little sexy. There's a little romantic tension. Like, there is, but I'm saying it's not, like, your average show where it's, like, ooh, like, we're about to hook up. No, it's, like, it's sweet. It's not, like, It's gross. very genuine. Like I said, it's organic. It's... <laughs> Those it's, stairs are wide as fuck. You see that? Sorry, we're watching we have the it show playing in the right background, now. and the stairs are fucking wide. That's stupid. It's you not, know they are. It's not that important. But yeah, I'll agree with you. I I just like I said to end to end our discussion of the episode in itself. I just think it's so beautiful that it's so organic, and I love their relationship so much. I just it's never forced. It never feels phony. It's never cheesy. It's very much like two girls meeting. And really, like, honestly, exploring their sexuality and trying to figure... They both come from such different backgrounds. So, mm. I just... I love this intro. But, that being said, at this point, the episode ends with such a great quote. They literally are laying in bed together. She's done, like, taking care of her fucking broke-ass wrist that's bleeding down her chest. Wrist, whatever. I'm drunk. I'm drinking cooks. It doesn't matter. She's bleeding. She takes care of her, puts a band-aid on it, and Rue literally looks her in the eye and says, Wanna get high? And that's the end of the episode. And Perfection. I mean, what's a better end to an episode? Wouldn't you agree, Alex? It's perfect. I love it. It's such a good ending. Yeah. So We also get the like the weird reveal about uh, our boy Domi and Daddy. Um, a little like Ooh. right right before you're the right. actual episode ends you're right when that, she's walking up the stairs we see that old domi and daddy is also uh fucking dad. dipshit nate's dad you're right um and which is important have, it is important to oh, say oh it's that. important it is and nate also has uh 
two brothers as revealed in those family photos mm-hmm. and we meet one of those brothers later but who knows what's going on and we'll deep one. dive into the aspects of nate's family because it is fucked for sure but oh, yeah, i mean we'll i guess all i would say is at the end of the scene it's beautiful it's lily rude just saying hey want to get high and like yeah it's fucking great yeah i don't want to like i said we'll deep dive into it next next episode but i will say i love it i mean i just think it's such a great way to end on an episode it leaves you it's a cliffhanger it is a cliffhanger. And now we're going to get into the next part of the show, which is at the end of every episode, Alex and I have collectively decided that we're going to do some superlatives. For those of you who are not educated, who have never been to school and don't know what that word means, Alex, take it away. So superlatives are those silly things in like high school where they're like, the best couple, like the like class clown, like they're just like the fucking silly ass awards. So and uh, usually they're not warranted. They're always fucked. Yeah, the right person never wins. But the right person's gonna win. The ours. right person's gonna um, fucking win on this podcast. So we have decided on a couple categories, and for each episode, we will be uh, sharing our individual choices for these superlatives. Um, so our categories are best dressed, worst dressed, the bay of the episode. The big purple dirty rat bastard of the episode, <laughs> the class clown, the best couple, and the song of the week. So we're just gonna take you through those and we'll real quick with our. Uh, we're we'll not take gonna you... deep dive. It's no, a no, no, no. We'll take you through real quick with our choices, and then uh, we'll wrap things up. Okay. So, so first up, best dress, Paige. Who's your pick? Best dress is Jules, hands down. For me, it is. I'll briefly tell you why. I mean, the like I said, the one tear that I had while watching the scene where she rides her bike. She looks like Sailor Moon. She knows how to apply that lip gloss. She's drinking that cook. She's slitting her wrist. And while she's doing it, she looking fly. I'm going to disagree on this episode. I think Jules is going to be my choice for almost every episode. But in this one, I'm going to go Rue. I think her... Okay. Uh, the gold and red party outfit maroon. is very glam for it's her. More maroon. Red it's is very it's very flattering. Um, and it's way glamour than she usually looks. I think she nails it. And no offense to Jules, but none of her outfits in this really in this episode like really came together for me like the way they do in some of the later episodes. Okay. So, I mean that's fair. Rue all the way for me. Okay, Rue. How about worst dressed? Worst dress, I think we both agree, it's Kat. Oh, yeah, Kat. So, Kat, I mean, we already said it looks like she got off her sweaty shift at Trader Joe's. She's wearing the Hawaiian shirt. It's just not becoming for her. Yeah. It's a disappointment. All right, how about your uh, Bay of the episode? Bay of the episode for me is Jules. Sorry, I know I'm doing it again. But no, same the the arm the wrist the arm cutting and the arm blood rubbing like it's too much. It's perfect. It's great. I mean, if you cut your wrist and you rub your blood. On a douchey ass jock. On like the douchey ass jock. The the most, the king. The king of, of the school. And you put your blood on him and make him cry like a fucking baby in the kitchen like, at a party and shit his pants. Like I mean, you you're done in life. You can't really go up from there. Jules all yep, the way. Bay of the episode. Alright. Big purple dirty rat bastard. Oh my god, wait for I can't believe that we have a section called the Big Purple Dirty Rat Bastard. Don't even ask why that's the name, but just essentially understand that it's literally the shithead of the show. Yeah, who's the worst? Who's the worst for me? I mean, Nate, duh. Yeah, Nate for me too. Fuck him. Nate, I mean, and honestly, like, from the this second is what he's sucks about screen, the superlative. Don't you feel like it'll end. be the same for every episode, or maybe it'll change? I think it'll change episode to episode. Okay. Well, for now, it's Nate. He's a piece of but shit. But there will we don't be some, even... like, favorite contenders. But yeah. Any. Any super fan or even someone that's watching for the first time, Nate's absolutely the worst. So next. 
class, class clown. clown funniest funniest of the episode oh i don't know what was yours so for this one i have a odd choice which is uh domi and daddy only because of the cooks he will he is not a funny character and he'll never so be Nate's funny dad, but D-D. him texting a picture of cooks as like a serious enticement to a young high school girl is fucking hilarious okay well then you know what i'm gonna second that so i'm just gonna case, go off Nate's that dad. i agree i'm just gonna go off of yours because that's fucking funny i mean i'm here it's for fucking it. funny it's funny all right best couple best couple Ooh, ruin jewels so for me they're not even a couple though so maybe that's not fair well actually. they're like together fine you know they what spend time together you can say two characters that spend time that's together fine. without but being i'm gonna official. disagree real quick i won't go into it too far because i don't want to go too into it but uh mckay and cassie are mine and we didn't talk about them mm. a lot but we will next episode but for me, kind it of was a clown them. for the like cars thing so uh my vote in this episode goes to maddie and the pool guy Oh, okay, wait, can I really quickly give guy, you a fun fact about that? The cool guy's pretty hot. Like, he's cute. And, like, fuck he Nate. Is? He's a piece of shit. I don't think shit. he is. I mean, Nate's such a fucking douche. Anybody looks, like, hot in comparison. But, like, Maddie and the pool guy fucking get it on I in the know, pool. And it's but pretty hot. Like, they're having a good time. It is hot, like, but... They get my vote. Can I throw in a fun nerdy fact? I've told you this before. Yeah, yeah. I watched an interview... Um, on a radio station with the guy that's fucking Maddie in the pool at the party. Sorry, they don't actually fuck. Cool so boy. That's what mean to say. No, they cool do. Boy. They fuck. No, they don't. Not in real life, but in the episode. No, in the show they, they do, don't. Right? No. Really? So no, they don't. That's why. I remember, he beats him up in the next episode. We'll go into it, but like he beats him up and he's so pissed because he's like, I didn't like literally we made out. Mm. So, um, I watched a radio interview show with the actor that plays the guy in the pool with Maddie when they're essentially she's trying to make Nate jealous and he said that that scene took like over three hours to film. He said that it was the most like gnarly, not hot, not fun. They had to like p- doggy paddle to stay above water. Can you fucking imagine? Like, first of all, me doggy paddling already is just a, a it's a treacherous thing to even imagine. But to be doing it with an actor that you're not really like that acquainted with and to have to be sexy and sexual and make this scene really convincing, that's hard. But it was really funny. He literally said, because everyone, that's always their first question is, is it awkward to be on screen in Euphoria? Because most of the scenes are very sexual. They're very like vulnerable. And he literally said, no, it was awful. We were both like exhausted physically because for three hours we filmed this two minute scene of us mm-hmm. making out because they wanted all different angles yeah they weren't satisfied with the way they were kissing they kept telling them to add more tongue to be more sexual i mean can you imagine anyways wanted to throw that out there i think that's well, i think that's my, an interesting factoid it is they're my pick for best couple because i love the way that's like a massive like fuck you to nate exactly um, so, so you good know for what? maddie and good for the pool guy for getting some and that's a great group of superlatives so those oh, and wait, we'll, wait, we got our song of the week Oh, not that it's, there, this week we're in agreement, so there's not much to talk about. But we both said uh, the Jamie Good XX. Times Jamie XX yeah, song is great. Shout out Jamie XX. He's fucking great. The usage of the song is perfect. And like I said, I just want to end the episode by saying not only is this our first episode, so it was a little longer than expected, but we really are just excited to deep dive into each episode. Season two is coming up. The rumors are that it's starting in November. We just really want to go through each episode in season one to get you all excited for season two. We will be trying to post these as soon as possible with coronavirus going on. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time, but I will say we will be plugging everything on our Instagram. So go ahead and follow us. I'll make sure to add it on our link. 
Um, but anything we talk about, any superlatives, any song links, we will be sure to include. Let's do a quick toast with our cooks. Alex, raise your glass. This is our first podcast we've ever done together. Cheers. Cheers, bitches. Bitches. And let's, you know what, honestly, let's just end it on saying that is so euphoric. Coronavirus is not euphoric, but you know what? The self-quarantine life, I'm here to say it's euphoric. That's so euphoric. Cheers. Cheers. See you next week. <laughs>